This is the Drive-In Podcast, Episode 9, Take 1. Howdy doody. Welcome to the ninth episode of the Drive-In Pod. We have a jack-up episode yet again for all you listeners with our weekly checkup. Yours truly, Dr. O. We have a review of Adam Sandler's most recent Netflix comedy, QB Halloween. Then we have a trailer roundup featuring the likes of Mel Gibson and David Fincher. What a duo. And we have a top billing of our favorite side characters from Adam Sandler comedy. That last segment takes some creativity, folks. Take notes. Driving Boys got a special one in store for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ninth episode of the Drive In Pop. Ricky Flex, howdy doody, how are we? Doing great, Doc. How about you? How we doing? How we doing? Absolutely fabulous. Uh, I'm enjoying a nice three day weekend right now. Um, I, mm. we, I'm, I'm excited for this review, right? Maybe I was a little uh, hesitant going in. When, of when course. We first watching Hubie Halloween, another Netflix Adam Sandler comedy. Blah. Cashing in, cashing right? in. But uh, I think I, I think I was I was pleasantly surprised a little bit by it. Um, and we'll get into that review. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you How have you spent your uh, What have you been watching, Ricky Flex? That's what I should be asking. Well, to your delight, I finally have been able to start the boys mm-hmm. and I have never watched it before. I know season two just wrapped up uh, like October 8th. We're recording on the 11th, but uh, man, it's great. I I've sped through season one in a day and a half. Like I haven't binged a TV show like this since the wire. When I watched that back in January, I love it. I'm in the middle of season two. Hopefully I'll finish that by tomorrow. And on this pace, probably by today, to be honest, but love it. How about you? What have you been watching? I know I well, heard I heard a little uh, Mark Zuckerberg in the other room the other day. So oh, we, yeah. we got. So uh, I was I've been watching a bunch of classic movies. I finished The Boys the other day uh, when the finale dropped on Friday. And uh, ne- uh, Nez and I have been pressuring Ricky Flicks into watching The Boys. And so mm-hmm. Ricky Flicks is now binging hard so we can have a review hard. next episode. Uh, before I talk about the movies I've been watching, uh, flicks, I miss Nez. Yeah, I miss the, Nez. So Nez, Nez is not ugh. here for our, uh, I think it's the third straight episode, might be the fourth. He's having uh, difficulty with his mic. All right. So we're still waiting on him to get some clarification with his technology. Then he'll be back better than ever. We're saving the boys review for him. But uh, I, I watched so, uh, the social network this morning uh, and it's, 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 I just felt like it. Sometimes I feel like watching yeah. that movie. It's like super rewatchable. And I got some blog ideas in store. And, and, and the, and the news with Sorkin coming out this, uh, or not last week when he said he would want to do a social network too with Fincher. He mm-hmm. said that last week. So like great time to watch it right now. Oh yeah. There's, there's, we got some blogs going up, some creative ones that, uh, I got churning oh, yeah. in my brain right now that I can't wait to put out there. Hopefully by uh, the end of today. Um, I also watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, yesterday. I caught that. I caught the end of that as well. Yeah. Uh, depressing have, at the end. But. Depressing at the end, but I mean, I think it, it might be, might be my favorite performance ever by an actor with Jack Nicholson in that movie. Wow. So, yeah. I, so good in that. And Do- Dr. Ratchet, man, just all time. I think I was going through this in my Nurse mind. Ratchet? Uh, Nurse Ratchet, sorry. Uh, well, doctor. Kind Put of. some respect but, on her name. Actually, but uh, respect. I think in the history of me watching movies, I think she's the most hateable character of all time. I know we had like that. Um, movie. We had a debate one episode, like I like uh, with Dolores Umbridge from uh, Harry Potter. Oh yeah. We were debating her and Nurse <laughs> Ratchet. Like Nurse Ratchet is super evil by the end of that movie. But like Dolores Umbridge is just like hateable from the moment you see her. Like mm. Nurse Ratchet in the beginning, if you kind of like grow to hate her intensely at the end. Uh, almost as yeah. much as when Jack Nicholson starts to strangle her by the end of the movie. Yeah, that like before Jack Nicholson did that, you're like on his side the entire time, and then right. he did that. It's like crap. Is he uh, insane? He might be. Like, he might be. He might be loonier than all. He of might. Us. He <laughs> might be. He might be in here for actual reason. Like, right. And then uh, what's it called? Like, there's so many countless amazing scenes I like to rewatch from there. Like mm-hmm. when uh, she like they don't get the vote to watch the World Series game, 
And then Jack Nicholson's watching the blank screen. He starts announcing the baseball game. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, that's just there's and then like when they take the boat out or they sneak out, steal the bus. Just like, that's my uh, that's my. I think basketball, the basketball scene or that scene are my favorite scenes from that movie. Yeah. Like Dan Devito grabs the ball, he does an underhand, just throws it against the fence, and then mm-hmm. Nicholson's going like, "What are you doing?" And he's like coaching, and then he's saying like, oh, "What a ball club! What a ball club!" When what she a ball like, club. drops the ball into the uh, hoop. But yeah, all time movie. Uh, Possibly my favorite uh, acting performance of all time. On Netflix now. Yes, on Netflix, where I watched it. So uh, let's go through uh, the checkup this week. So we have a couple interesting uh, superhero news, a couple interesting superhero stories, I should say. Then we have a bevy of delays. So let's just get the delays over with because Warner Brothers announced a bunch of them. Uh, Most notably, we have Dune getting pushed back nearly a year right it's supposed to come out in december like a christmas um uh, premiere it's now being pushed back to october 1st 2021 we have the batman being pushed all the way to 2022 right march 4th and then we have black adam being taken off the schedule entirely by the dceu uh currently wonder woman is staying put with its release that is due in december we'll see uh if that changes throughout uh the, the coming month or two but uh flicks any thoughts on these uh recent recent delays pain just a lot of pain Stephen a pain yeah just like hello darkness my old friend just coming back from all the tenant delays and now dune's gonna be thrown into this i just like the one good thing in 2020 was that batman trailer like that best piece of cinema we got all year I, i still can't believe like that trailer and then they just throw, they delay it a year. Just like, I can't Dude, believe I, it. I, I still watch that trailer on a weekly basis. Like, why couldn't, week. why couldn't they move Dune to like a July summer blockbuster? I don't like, know. I think, I think they want it potentially for award season. Uh, it's a big, it's a Then big move it to movie. December next year. What's Warner Brothers throwing out next year uh, that might conflict with Dune? I don't know. They I, kept, I like, and well, they and they kept but, Wonder Woman 1984 for this December. So, uh, like, as of right now. So, I just... Which makes yeah, sense because Dune, like, is bigger. So, like, they want more box office. So, next year when there's less of a pandemic, hopefully. But still, just pain, pain, pain. Wonder Woman was supposed to drop a couple months ago. So, it's like they have to get that one out sooner than the rest of them. Uh, the, one, the one thing I took away, like, I assume that Batman's going to get pushed back. Because I think I said it in the DC Fandom episode. I think that's has a potential to make, like, $2 billion. That movie's going to be insane. They have to make, they have to juice every ounce out of that movie. All right. So, like, Batman being uh, pushed 2022, disappointing, not surprising. Uh, I was kind of surprised Black Adam was just taken off the schedule entirely. And it's like kind of not surprising mm-hmm. following DC fandom where there was no footage. They had a fake trailer of just concept art from Boss Logic. Oh, yeah. And you had The Rock just doing a narration of it. And I'm almost convinced this movie's not going to happen, even though whoa. The Rock has talked about it for 10 years. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Not going to happen. They already have a side character, a, a, a villain. And. Oh, wait, not gonna happen. Like, yes, it. Why would they took it off the schedule entirely? Like, but the, they've been talking about making this movie literally for ten years. It was at DC fandom. They can't just hype it, this movie up at the fi- like the final stages it, right before I, I, production. It, the Rock is that hasn't even been in suit. Like, like I think I, maybe they're taking off the schedule just because the Rock's busy schedule and he's probably planned through twenty twenty two with movies. But right. If this was really a priority for him, he would clear out his schedule. He would drop a movie to make a, this, this Black Adam movie. And I think it's that all makes on sense. The Rock if he wants this movie to happen. And DC is not going to wait for him to say, okay, fine. You're not going to make this movie off the calendar, off, off the uh, schedule. Okay. So I think it's all on The Rock just to step up and say, like, okay, this movie's more important than uh, the next Fast and Furious movie. If or he, he's got mm-hmm. he's, he's to he's prioritize. Or Jungle Cruise 2 or whatever the hell he's making. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this will be his biggest cash grab of all time. Like this movie will make so much money. Rock is a superhero. Everyone will go see that. Mm-hmm. Like, even though like not like black Adam's not like a Superman, everyone will go see the rock being a superhero. And he, this will be like his biggest cash cash in or He's cash. Gotta prioritize it, man. I know yeah. red notice is a, it's like the largest budget for a uh, Netflix film of all time. Or mm-hmm. is it, it's either that or uh, man, which was yeah. nuts. But, uh, like he's got to make that's massive with Gal Gadot and Ryan right. Reynolds that's coming to to Netflix, but uh, he's got to prioritize. And if he if he 
really believes in Black Adam as much as he talks about. So he's not fake about it. Like on Instagram, he always says, like, this is my passion, right? I want to make this movie more than any other movie, movie I've made in my life. Uh, and he says, like, he knows all about the character. But uh, if it really means that much to him, get the movie done. Show that you're committed to it. Uh, any other comments on the delays? I guess just going back to the Dune-Batman, like, conflict, because they're both by Warner Brothers. So, like, Batman is March 2022 now instead of October 2021 because Dune is October 21. Why couldn't they do, like, this is going to sound stupid because I just complained about how it's being pushed back six months. They should do, like, even more money in a more, like, movie theater-drawn time period. Make Batman the 2022 summer blockbuster. Yeah, I don't. I don't like, know. why would you do like, March? March is just such a Mar- dead time. A lot of big movies come out in March. It's like it's after like that award season period. Where it's just after like January, February. It's like the, it's kind of like the beginning to it, and it's like the springtime leading into the summer. They might push it back more. Who knows? I don't think it matters when it comes out. Honestly, I think that it's just going to destroy. Right? You think? Where, yeah, where, I, yeah, I guess you're right. Because makes so much money. It's I don't, yeah. I could, you can release that any time, and I'm, I'm as long as it, even if it rivals another movie, what movie are you going to see? A next Fast and Furious movie, or you're going to see the Batman? Are you going to see even if it went against Dune? You're going to see Dune or the Batman? Like yeah, probably Batman. Uh, I think you're right. I think I just thinking back to the MCU and also Deadpool. Like Deadpool came out in February. Deadpool two, and that made like a billion dollars. Like I know it's Ryan Reynolds, but like. Robert Pattinson already was getting that. I, I think it made around a billion. I think it made a little less than Deadpool one. I might be wrong about that, but I think they've made. Similar, yeah, yeah, made that sounds right. But it's also because Deadpool came out two weeks before, um, not two weeks, uh, like three or four weeks before Infinity War or something. At least yeah, like internationally. Yeah, with that for the last like a uh, few mil, I should say. Right. Um, yeah, because I remember I was I was um, not in the U.S. at the time, and I. For some reason, like all the movies out there that like, came out weeks before, uh, like the U.S. domestic box office, so I always saw like, I saw Infinity War like weeks before the U.S. and I saw it. I remember too. you telling me about that, and then I was really pissed off because like I, at the time, Infinity War is my most anticipated right. movie in theaters of all time. But, yeah, that, that yeah. Well, I don't think I'll ever reach a movie more more anticipated than I was for Infinity War. No, dude, I was tweeting about yeah. it before, like, I, I even tweeted about movies. I was saying, like, I like I was shaking in anticipation for that movie, mm-hmm. and uh, it lived up to the hype. And I, it just makes me miss movie theaters, man. Oh, let's not go there. Let's move on before before this comes into more of a painful session. I feel a tear coming on. I don't don't do it. Mm, okay, moving on. Next story, right? Enough of the movie theater delays, right? We know they're coming. We have Benedict Cumberbatch and some casting news. He's going to be reprising his role as Doctor Strange in Spider-Man 3 with Tom Holland. This comes off the heels of Jamie Foxx being confirmed to reprise his role as Electro that he had in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 with Andrew Garfield. Uh, Cumberbatch is going to shoot his scenes for Spider-Man 3 before heading off to shoot the sequel to Doctor Strange, right? Which is Doctor Strange into the Multiverse of Madness. Flicks, reaction. So I know last episode, I kind of played devil's advocate slash kind of believe it, where the Spider-Verse with the old Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield wouldn't come back. I will admit it. My prior take is looking grim here. Everything is aligning for me, Ricky. It's looking grim, but I will not apologize. This could just be an introduction to a new Spider-Verse with new Spider-Man. There's been no comments from Tobey Maguire, no comments from Andrew Garfield. This could just be like a new Spider-Verse. The coming. more you say it, the more insane you sound. That they're going to bring other Spider-Men in that aren't Andrew Garfield and aren't. I Tony will die on this hill. I will not apologize. It's a way to introduce Miles Morales. Miles Morales, maybe they could even. Yes, I. I think it's just going to be everything new. They can't bring them back. They just can't do it. And Why? Why they, that? This movie will make two billion dollars if you have Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland. And Tobey Maguire in the same. Well, movie. I'm telling you, they'll make three billion dollars because I'll see Tobey Maguire in a Spider-Man movie three times a day. A, bil- a billion alone from the drive-in pod going to see it. <laughs> but <you> do not have. <laughs> in all seriousness, I do. I will die on that hill. But just going off of that, I think I, I just like if you look at Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch coming into the Spider Spider-Man movie, I actually do love it. You saw in Infinity War the kind of the like between the the banter between Spider-Man and Dr. Strange and like, obviously Iron Man was there. Tony Stark there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was just so interesting and very cool and funny. Just looking forward to that relationship blossoming in this movie and seeing where it's going to go and overlap between the multiverse of madness, the Dr. Strange movie coming out. It's 
Um, so I'm just going to see that overlapping, see where that's going to develop, and also just the relationship. Yeah, they, you? Got a, they got a long history in the comics. So I know a lot of MCU fans are happy to see uh, those two being uh, a, a duo, a power duo in the upcoming phase of the MCU. Uh, this is basically, for me, like just further uh, solidifies my take that this is going to introduce some type of live action Spider-Verse. Jamie Foxx was confirmed. Okay, how the heck's he coming back? Is Doctor Strange going to play a part in having him, uh, having these characters from other Spider-Man universes come to uh, Tom Holland's universe? Uh, what is the sequel to Doctor Strange into the multiverse of madness? Okay, mm-hmm. multiverse. Okay, let's do the math right there. Who's directing Doctor Strange into the multiverse yes. of madness? Sam Raimi. What's it, Sam? What is Sam Raimi known for? Yeah, Toby, he orchestrated the original Spider-Man trilogy with Tobey Maguire. There are too many coincidences here for this not to happen. And I already gave my ideal ending for the next Spider-Man movie or the or the subsequent movie. You're going to have uh, Spider-Man taking on Sinister Six. He's going to get his ass kicked, okay? He's, he's losing. He's getting demolished, right? Electro's uh, beating him up. Mysterio's beating him up, okay? You have, uh, what's it called? The Vulture coming in, coming in high, taking out Tom Holland, taking out his webs. And guess what happens? All of a sudden, behind Tom Holland, who's a broken man, you have these portals opening up in the background. Oh, my God. Here comes, my, here comes Andrew Garfield in his Spider-Man. Here comes Tobey Maguire, right? Portals opening, Endgame style, okay? Oh, and then who else is there? Shameik Moore, who voices Miles Morales in, in, in the, into, uh, in, into the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. right? So you could have him play Miles Morales, and all of a sudden, you have four Spider-Men taking down the Sinister Six. Incredible ending. I wrote it for you. Uh, Kevin Feige, you can have that, okay? I, don't, I won't request any type of royalties, but that is the way this live-action Spider-Man movie must go. That sounds beautiful. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to die on my take. I'm going to die on it. They're just so old. Like, Tobey Maguire is so old. Like, what? I guess you need old Spider-Man. Dude, like, he's in like old and into the Spider-Verse. Like the, like the Spider-Man, he's like 40-something. And Tobey Maguire, he's like 40-something. Yeah. So I, I don't it, know. It, it, it all, it's all lining up, man. It's It seemed like such a pipe dream if I said this two years ago. Even if I said it like a couple months ago, you'd think it was a pipe dream. But with the magic being made at Marvel, anything is possible. But, like, I also think this is just great because Doctor Strange hasn't come out with a movie in, like, five years, right? The first Doctor Strange was five years ago, four years ago. 2016. Yeah, we're, yeah, four years ago. So I think everyone's going to see Spider-Man 3, the Tom Holland. Everyone's going to see it. This is a great introduction to Doctor Strange again and for you to see his next movie. Like everyone saw Allow him. Allow me to reintroduce myself. At, actually, though, like it will draw people to see that movie. So it could be like a marketing thing as well, not only a comic book thing saying, oh, Doctor Strange is sick. I forgot about him. He's awesome. I'm going to go see multiverse of madness slept on origin movie right i i totally people were hating on it the other day i saw on social media because like sam like sam rammy is like he's like a very like, well-known director and he also has like that kind of horror-esque uh filmography oh, yeah, as well sure. so he kind of fits into this new doctor strange realm that they're tar- targeting but people were like hating on it, the original story and how they're gonna like how they kind of needed to stray away from that original story and go into this horror esque style. But I liked the original story. I liked Rachel McAdams in it. I know she wasn't in it a lot, but I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange. He's the perfect fit. He looks exactly like the comic book character and the origin movie just had it all. It had the great effects, had the future villains and also the great villains in the, in the actual movie and also had the implications. Or mom was kind of a letdown at the end though. Oh God, yeah, and that it was, was just like down. he was beating him, but he was just in a never-ending cycle. A little soft, but like I think we're gonna we're gonna get something special in the sequel. And also, just to support my live-action Spider-Verse uh, theory, I also think they got rid of Scott Derrickson, who directed the first Doctor Strange, and he left the second Doctor Strange after he was confirmed to come back to direct it due to creative differences. And then they bring in Sam oh. Raimi, right? original spider-man trilogy so like they could pop up into the in the multiverse of madness they could be there in spider-man 3 eventually we're gonna have all these spider-men back that's Mm -hmm. that i think i think it's almost it's now i think almost an inevitability that's how that's how confident i am this is gonna happen 
Mm-hmm. It's also, almost an inevitability that we're going to get all these Spider-Men back. Yeah. Also, I don't know. It's like 10 a.m. here on the East Coast. I keep getting these emails nonstop during our recording. Is like 10 a.m. like a popular time for like emails to come through? They, I keep hearing the sound. It's just every time I talk. It's crazy. Like I keep yeah, getting you these pa- You paused there for a second. I, I was like confused. But I was yeah. like, no, it's 10 a.m. on a Sunday. So I guess like people yeah. are prepared for the next like tomorrow's work day, you know, tomorrow's like on the grind to get kind of preparing. Yeah. But I think they want to get it in before football too. Mm. All right. So Benedict Cumberbatch back as Dr. Strange before uh, in Spider-Man three, before his own sequel to uh, 2016's film. Next. Another have one. More superhero news. We have the green lantern HBO max series being greenlit by DC uh, and we have characters confirmed. It's going to include Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and Alan Scott as the Green Lanterns primarily focused on. And there is no confirmation of either a Hal Jordan or John Stewart in this series. Although they did mention uh, through this report, or yeah, this report, that it's going to uh, introduce new Green Lanterns down the line. Uh, Flix, what do you think about this news of a Green Lantern HBO Max series? Very excited. Very excited for this news. Green Lantern, after the Ryan Reynolds debacle, definitely they've been hiding this character. They haven't been waiting for the proper time to reintroduce this character. And with DC going through their their Justice League's Batflex stage, and now they're kind of moving on from that. Well, kind of with, I know Snyder Cut's coming out next year, but still they're moving on from that. This is a great, and with HBO Max coming out now, this is a great way for them to reintroduce Green Lantern and pumped content original content through hbo max green lantern has so many different avenues has so many different superheroes as the green lantern it's because of the because of the whole universe of green lanterns so i think this is a great series idea and there's and like i said there's so many green lanterns there's so many different avenues to go through so it's perfect for a multiple season television show what about you dr o I dig it. Um, I, I know we saw Hal Jordan with Ryan Reynolds in the 2011 movie, but uh, I feel like there's a, it's a good thing that Hal Jordan and John Stewart aren't going to be in the show, at least to start off with, uh, primarily because I hope there's a focus uh, with them in the DCEU in terms of movies. So I think there's a chance they're introduced in this series, but they're primarily going to be uh, explored on the big screen. So I like the idea of seeing these uh, green lanterns that no one really knows about. And I don't really know about, and I wrote about it in a blog. Like I don't really know guy Gardner. I know he's like a douchey green lantern, uh, Jessica Cruz, a female green lantern, Simon Baz in the first ever green lantern, Alan Scott. And I hope that they uh, kind of, I, 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 so Alan Scott is the first green lantern. And he like basically comes around in the 1940s, 1950s. So I think this, um, uh, this series will span decades which would be pretty cool. Yes. And Alan Scott was also a noted member of the JSA or JLA, JSA. Yeah. JSA. Uh, which is, which is uh, the group that black Adam is supposedly taking on in, uh, in black Adam. So he's mm-hmm. taking on the JSA. So it'd be cool if like Alan Scott was somehow associated with that film. And also in this series, there's no confirmation how it connects to the DCEU, but with obviously with uh, the flash establishing the multiverse, it really doesn't matter if they announce it's a part of it or not. Anything can really go. Anything can be like a um, crossover, right? If it's a DC yeah. property. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I do HBO, love that. Yeah. So, I, and also HBO max, like, like after a slow start and they were relying on all these old properties, these old HBO shows catalog. Yeah. They're relying on that more than like a new content that they're blasting onto platforms like other, like Netflix is doing right. Like you see every, every other week that they're uploading new stuff. Um, So I think it's good that HBO max, like they're capitalizing on DC right now. So we have this green lantern series. We have the Batman prequel about the Gotham city police department that ties into the movie. Hopefully we get that sooner. Now it actually will be a prequel, right? Right. It will will happen before the movie now, hopefully. Wow. Yeah. Uh, That'd be great. And then uh, they got a Justice League Dark show coming from J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams has established Abrams. There's reports of a Zatanna show that's coming from J.J. Abrams. And obviously, you mentioned you have the Justice League uh, Zack Snyder cut, right? That's coming in a four-part uh, four series. Mm-hmm. So, HBO Max has got it going on right now. Marvel, don't sleep on them. Yeah, and I mentioned I, – I, you, you mentioned Guy Gardner, how he's the, the douchey Green Lantern type – and I know John David Washington, everyone's throwing him out to play John Stewart, but 
I know it's been a while. Like I said, Ryan Reynolds been a, maybe can reprise his role, bring him back on board as Guy Gardner. I think that would be a great fit. You can't have him play two different Green Lanterns. Why not? It's totally he different. He might still be in the running to play Hal Jordan again. I think it would be perfect to bring him back. That would be such a great comeback story. And he's <sighs> got the superhero experience now with with Deadpool. And obviously Fox, uh, Disney bought Fox. So like Deadpool, you never know. It's, they still say it's going to be rated R. So he'll still be on board with that there. He's about to get a big contract, a uh, big cash and deal there. Why not? He has nothing to lose by coming back. And uh, DC has really nothing to lose by bringing such a powerful actor as Ryan Reynolds. He draws audiences. People He's watch do no matter HBO what. Max series about an unknown Green Lantern after starring in the failed Green Lantern. Or a movie with Hal Jordan, like you said. I think he needs to come back. It would just be too perfect. Dude, did you not see the end of Deadpool 2 when he shoots I know, which makes it even better. He which sees makes- the script of Green Lantern. He shoots himself in the head. He hates it so much. No, but that makes it better because he that scene, he killed off the last Green Lantern. That was the last time he ever will acknowledge that last Green Lantern. Uh-huh. This will be the new stage. I wonder if the Flash takes that into consideration with the multiverse. Mm. No, but seriously though, like, wouldn't that be great for DC? I think I think they got to go with someone younger. Like, honestly, we what we did last. He uh, looks young we, though. We did a race to the Oscar, and who do we include? Wait, Miles Teller. Miles Teller would be perfect for like a Guy Gardner. He's, he's like a, he is like he's considered like douche in real life. Redemption for a right. uh, redemption for like Fantastic Four. See, that's he would be good. He would be realistic for like a Guy Gardner. But he's also maybe too big of a star, too. Like, no one knows who Guy Gardner is, and he may not even be the lead in this series. So it's, like, hard to tell. True. Who, who yeah. Okay. Maybe with the Guy, the guy Gardner thing with Ryan Reynolds, yeah, you're, you're probably right there. He's a little too low on the pecking order for a Ryan Reynolds. But, like, come on. If Ryan Reynolds comes back as Green Lantern on the big screen, you're telling me DC no, would I, love No, I that. would do that, but he wouldn't do the HBO Max series as Guy Gardner. You're right. You're right. He would not. He, Especially there's with that chance, the there's a Baca chance deal. he'll be Hal Jordan yeah. again. Like, there's a chance because, like, he—I mean, he redeemed himself from Deadpool. Let's see him do it again in the DC universe. You know? Yeah, and he, like Deadpool. And you seem pretty dark. Are you sure you're not a part of the DC universe? <laughs> but he, shout like, out get, Deadpool too. And obviously, like these get, like these big A-list actors don't need any more money, but he especially doesn't need any more money with the Deadpool deal and also the Jin deal he just pulled off. So he really just—he can do whatever he wants, really. Like, why not? Like he, it's got to be eating up inside his one chance at a superhero before Deadpool. Like in the DC side, he messed up. I know he got came back with Deadpool, but a real DC character, like a real Green Lantern movie, like probably with better directors, better writers behind him, could really, really elevate him to like getting back into not just the douchey character that he's been typecast forever. Now he can really get back to a dramatic actor try or try at least. Yeah. So uh, yeah, he I don't, he definitely doesn't feel pressured to do another big budget superhero movie. If he does, it'd be fun for fans to see. But uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure DC has somewhat of a plan for this new series and who they want for it. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a couple trailers. So let's move on to the trailer roundup as part of the checkup. We had Mank from David Fincher, a nice short one minute trailer, and then we had Fat Man starring Mel Gibson as Santa Claus, uh, going one on one with uh, Walton Goggins as an assassin trying to hunt him down. Uh, Flicks, which trailer you want to start with? Well, we'll go with my Oscar Best Picture uh, prediction with Mank. Your favorite? That is my Oscar favorite. It's been my favorite for since I heard about it, really. David Fincher, love the man. Probably my second favorite act, uh, direct, eh, third favorite director in Hollywood right now. Um, he loves Chinatown, okay? Just to like, help, help you, the audience, know a little bit about, about David Fincher. He has a real passion for Chinatown. And this movie, obviously has big implications with Chinatown because it's about um, like, it's being about this guy, Gary Ullman, who's playing Herman J. Mankiewicz and he's trying to finish Citizen Kane, but yeah. Writer of Citizen Kane. So yeah. Right. So like David Venture loves this kind of 1930s era. That's why I mentioned Chinatown. He loves just the era of black and white movies. And he's actually um, helping out producing a Chinatown uh, TV prequel. So he just really loves his era. And Mank, with Gary Ullman coming off an Oscar in Darkest Hour playing Winston Churchill, 
and you're seeing all this huge cast and this, you saw all this trailer obviously and how Gary Owens going all out as Mankiewicz. I just think that David Finch is going to put all his passion into this project. And Gary Ullman is trying to prove to people that his consistency of Oscar nominated uh, as an Oscar nominated actor is going to go back to back similar to like picking out his roles, like Daniel day Lewis, he's going to be picking out his roles the rest of his career as he's going on the older, the elderly side. So I'm really excited for Mank, David Fincher, kind of like a passion project, Gary Ullman picking out the correct roles, hooking up with David Fincher. Let's do it. Um, I like the, I like this idea a lot. Uh, it, I, I, I have a feeling this inspired the idea that we, we talked about last checkup with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Oscar Isaac teaming up on the making of The Godfather, right? That movie coming out, that uh, biopic-styled mm-hmm. movie. Um, so this is kind of, I think this must have inspired it because obviously it's going into like how, uh, the making of Citizen Kane, one of, or if not the most critical, the highest critical, critically acclaimed movie maybe of all time. Like, like that one, when you see a list of the hundred greatest movies of all time, that one's almost always number one. Okay. So I'm kind of into this idea, especially from one so long ago, going into like who was responsible for making this movie. Okay. Obviously you have the Orson Welles, but like, let's go into Mank. Let's go into the writer. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was watching this, I love that it was like one minute. It seemed like a trailer you would, you would have seen back then. Obviously they have the black and white, the nice cinematography that kind of captures the, the time period. But also, uh, when I was watching this, you know what movie I thought of was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I feel like it's going for the same type of thing, trying to capture capture L.A. life in a certain uh, time period. But this seems like it's like potentially could be better because it's a more focused story, right? It's like one of the complaints about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that it was kind of all over the place, didn't have a plot. There's a, I think there's a, obviously clear character exploration here with Gary Oldman in a potential. Uh, it's almost. I mean, I think it's almost a lock that he gets a best actor nom from this movie. Yeah, agreed. You're, you're, you're like the lead in a David Fincher movie that's going to be an award season, right? Uh, period piece. So it's almost like a guarantee. So I can't wait to see him there. Uh, obviously, Gary Oldman is now, he was known as like a great supporting actor for a long time. One of the best. I think Christopher Nolan even called him the best actor he's ever worked with. Mm-hmm. And then obviously he stole the show as Winston Churchill winning an Oscar. And now he finally, he's just getting all, getting all the great parts. Right. Picking out his roles. Yeah. He's, he already played a world-class alcoholic in, uh, as Winston (laughs) Churchill. So I can't wait to see him do it again. Yeah. I can't wait for this movie. Now, Dr. O, Mel Gibson, fat man. So fat man, we got, uh, Mel Gibson playing Chris Kringle himself, AKA Santa Claus, who finds himself with a hit on his head after a 12 year old receives a lump of coal in his stocking. Plot has, uh, Mel Gibson, Santa forced him to do a deal with the U S military in order to save his dwindling Christmas business. Unbelievable, uh, man. I think, well, I, I want to get your thoughts on it. Cause I blogged about it. Well, my first thought. Because I had no idea. I, I had I heard nothing about this movie. Heard no rumors about it, to be honest, of Mel Gibson playing Santa Claus until I saw the trailer, obviously. Uh-huh. And my first thought was, wow, Mel Gibson. He's kind of like a little canceled playing Santa Claus. <laughs> beloved. Like canceled every like five years. Yeah. And he, a beloved. He was before canceling was a thing. Exactly. And he's playing Santa Claus, a childhood hero. Like, it makes no sense. But then it, it makes perfect sense because of this type of Santa Claus, this spin on it, contract with the military. It's just such an absurd story that I usually would be on board with because of the originality and creativity of it. But it's just so ridiculous, especially with the 12-year-old storyline, uh, as in hiring Walter Goggins as dark. an assassin. Like, a 12-year-old. Like, what? Like, what is this turning into? It, it, then so, there's a the part in the trailer where he says he i want his beard like kill him and then shave his beard right and it to me. i'm like this is like dark and 12 year old to be saying yeah so super dark weird creative storyline that i'm not into at all but i am looking forward just to see in walter goggins like it, it feels like a type of movie that he could like be like the secret piece to like the most appealing part of this his comedic aspect of it his his uh his suave comedic aspect, uh, comedic atmosphere that he could bring to the movie, I think could be something that can really pump this movie up into viewers. So, I, like, Walton Goggins just loves playing hateable people. Like, he, yes. like, he plays a racist and 
two Tarantino movies with Django and uh, The Hateful Eight. <laughs> he plays the bad guy in Ant-Man and the Wasp. He's the bad guy in the latest Tomb Raider. And now you have him like as an assassin trying to kill Santa Claus. Like he loves playing hateable characters, but I somehow still love him. Like, like he's a, he's a great supporting actor and he's a great villain. Um, I think it's a, I think you're right. It is a perfect casting for this dark and gritty broken down Santa. And you have like Mel Gibson. If Mel Gibson was going, going to play Santa Claus, he wouldn't, he would be unable to play like a, uh, like one from the Christmas Chronicles with Kurt Russell. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Right. But he like, what kind of Santa Claus would he be? He'd be one that could kill somebody. Like one that's not afraid to take someone down. And, uh, it just lines up perfectly. I think it's the perfect holiday movie for 2020 in a year full of unexpected surprises. Right, right. And when is this coming out again, Dr. O? Uh, oh, I don't have the date up. I'll look it up. Oh. Yeah, while you look that up, I just think that Mel Gibson just, he's been coming out with these weird movies, these gritty, like, these gritty action movies. He came out with, like, Get the Gringo, and he's been doing a lot of movies similar to that where he's just, like, hunting for the person that killed his wife or something like that. This is like, all right, maybe we can get more viewers by doing something super creative, but also a holiday movie. And I think someone compared it to Die Hard and how like this would be like oh. the best, like grittiest Die Hard movie of all yeah, it's time. Like, it's like the, it's like, yeah, this. Or a holiday grit Die Hard. Like, and it's like not that funny. Like, it's like kind of serious. Like, there, like, I was looking for some jokes here. There weren't many jokes. It looked like they seriously are looking to kill Santa Claus. There's no pulling punches and there's no like, uh, broken up last in the trailer. Mm-hmm. It remains loyal to the Chris Kringle story, giving Cole, right? Yep. And, a kid, and a kid getting pissed off about it. And then he has his elves and all this stuff, but like the, the elves are like factory workers and they're older in this one. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just looking for some type of humor and it was just dead on. This is all business. So like, he, like Santa has to defend the throne. Right. And <laughs> yes. Like, no? But if you had to, let's, if we bring out that thermometer thermometer predictor. November 13th, by the way. Okay, November 13th. So we bring out the thermometer predictor, Dr. O. Yeah. What would you think this will score in Rotten Tomatoes when it's all said and done? You know what? When I'm assessing this, I'm thinking of like other Christmas movies that have come out recently, and they're all like those like couples movies. If you wanted to go uh, Last Christmas with, um, what's her face? Uh, we Henry Golding and... Uh, yeah, the- Amelia Clark. So, uh, like those type of movies that come out every like every uh, holiday season, yeah. they're usually like a fifty percent. They're hovering around there. I think this could be something interesting. It's a creative idea we've never seen before. I'm thinking like a sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I think more, that's a, more positive than negative. That's a good shout. I so I think there's two ways this this can go. I think it can go your way in the '60s, where it's kind of like all right, there's good action scenes. It's original has some big time actors in it that do decently. So it's the mid sixties or this can go like the other way where there's a lot of good action scenes, but it's cringy. It might, the story might have some plot holes and that's where I think it's going to go. I think it's going to go more towards that way. So I'm going to go more in below 40, barely 38 when it's okay. all said and done 38. I like how that we're, how we're, uh, we're, we're off. Like we're a very, uh, there's some disparity there. You're saying it's rotten. I'm just going to say it's not certified fresh, but it'll be fresh. Yeah. And I'm not saying I won't might meet like, like it, like similar to our review that's coming up next. Like I, cause I did like that, but it's not a good movie, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know where, like, I think this is coming out in theaters or it's just going straight to VOD. I'm not sure. Like, I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. It's not a Netflix movie. I don't believe. Okay. But, uh, I, I think we're done. We're, I think we should review that one for sure. Yeah. And, Maybe maybe we can it could sneak in and we'll consider it a Christmas classic, right? There are a wow. lot of there are plenty of Christmas movies that aren't like great Expected. films, but, are, but they're still Christmas classics. Like what pops to mind, like Four Christmases. Four Christmases, a great movie, but I love watching every holiday season. I'll take that over a lot of Christmas classics, to be honest. Same, yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, that does it for the checkup with Doctor O. Okay, and the trailer roundup. We are now going to move on to Adam Sandler's new Netflix comedy, Hubie Halloween. Okay. I'm going to give the synopsis. Then we'll have a little chit chat about it. Okay. What do you say, Flex? Let's do it. Okay. So the synopsis for Hubie Halloween. Okay. Uh, it's October 31st. 
in Salem, Massachusetts, in a town's eccentric, devoted community volunteer and the good nature natured object, uh, object of his fellow citizens' derision and meanest pranks finds himself in the midst of a real investigation for a real murderer. That's some intense um, vocabulary for a synopsis. Hopefully it made sense to the listeners. Intense for an Adam Sandler comedy. Yes, and uh, based on what we actually saw in the movie. Yes. So, uh, Flex, let's. Uh, where should we begin here? Where do you want? Where do you want to take off from? So this is going to be spoilers. Like, just go see the movie yeah. if you haven't. Like, it's it's an Adam Sandler Netflix original. Yep. Like, spoilers. So, I guess I, I'll start. What were your expectations going in? That's yeah. What My expectations were sky uh, bottom, so low. It yeah, is lower than you can ever think. Like. I don't know, like su- super low, like 15% at like 15 out of a hundred. Like that was my expectations for this movie. But I think just because my expectations were so low and then all these cameos from the Sandler verse and these side characters, enter, instead of being called Hubie Halloween, enter the Sandler verse. Well, like that would have been insane if they even had more like a shooter McGavin type cameo as well. If they just could fill it with even more cameos. But I feel like the low expectations mixed with the nostalgia they put in with all these cameos, I feel like it just made me like happy, which is honestly the point of an Adam Sandler movie is to make you laugh and make you like reminisce about like all his other Adam Sandler movies as of recently, as of like recent times with this new Netflix deal. So I definitely liked it as in it was enjoyable to watch. It was not a good movie, but I think it was better than his other Netflix movies that he's come out with a recent uh, date. I don't know. What do you think, Dr. Ali? What was your expectations? I didn't have high expectations going in either. Okay, it's kind of hard to have high expectations when you see the words Netflix, Adam Sandler comedy. Huey Um, Halloween. Yeah, so like just going off like the the record of Sandler with comedies for Netflix, we know that he's had his hits in the past off Netflix, obviously theatrical uh, efforts. Uh, but what, what, like when you go through the ridiculous six, the wrong Missy, and like I know I think he was only a supporting role, or he wrote that movie with Spade, but mm-hmm. uh, and he's had the do over with uh, David Spade. They're all so bad, and they're uh, unbearable to watch. I went in knowing this isn't going to be anything too uh, special, all right. But uh, I ended up watching the movie with a smile on my face for the most for most of the movie, and yeah. uh, I, I think I started off from the very first scene. Because it started off on such a high and definitely my favorite scene of the movie where you had, uh, they were at the psychiatric facility, the hospital, and you see this nurse uh, pushing a cart into a room. And all of a sudden you have the greatest cameo since Matt Damon in Eurotrip with Ben Stiller as Hal from Happy Gilmore poking his head through. Um, that part <laughs> made me smile. And then I paused it, rewound it. And then I yelled for you, Ricky Flex, to come rewatch the scene. That's how pumped I was to see it. And uh, I know we're going to go over like uh, side characters and Adam Sandler movies and rank them and draft them. But uh, he's, he's, he's right up there for me. So seeing him was like a thrill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely up there. And it's Ben Stiller. Like Ben Stiller just all, like if you picture all the Adam Sandler side characters, like the Rob Schneiders, David Spades and whatnot, and Kevin James, he's obviously like the best actor yeah, I mean Chris Rock. Like, but like, I guess like when I'm saying like best actor, I mean like just he's he's a, he can be in a drama and do a great job. Yeah, that's what I know? mean. So it's just funny he just comes out of nowhere in an Adam Sandler movie and just steals the show in a comedic aspect. I love it. And the other cameo is like Shaq, Shaq having a woman's voice. That oh, was a yeah, great yeah. cameo. Dan Patrick, um, and just all the other cameos in this, like just, Tim Meadows, like popping Tim out, Meadows. Rudolph. And you do Michael Chiklis. Mike, Michael the Chiklis, the thing from the Fantastic Four in 05. What the heck was that? Yeah, and he was on that TNT show for a while. I think yeah, the Shield, is it The Shield? Something like that. Something like that. But like, it was just fat. It was fast. You kind of were like turning your head at each corner. Like, to like well, I, I had a smile on my face. Like, once I see Hal from Happy Gilmore, like, who am I going to see next? Am I not? Uh, am I going to see uh, Shooter McGavin? I thought he was wearing like the pig suit. Of, of the villain of the movie mm-hmm. right that was revealed to be rob schneider right right so it's like yeah i thought like she looked different pop out. i thought like carl weathers as chubbs would pop out like mm-hmm. i was hoping for like it set the bar so high for like the potential cameos that i was almost too excited for the rest of the movie and didn't take it for what it was but yes 
But there were times in this movie where I had legitimate laughs. I didn't force a laugh, which is like better than most of the recent Sandler comedies. I agree. So like, I agree. Uh, so Hubie Halloween, Hubie is obviously like someone who's picked on by, doesn't matter who, he's just picked bullied. on by the entire town. He's bullied uh, for like, he's obviously a goody two shoes. Uh, he tries to keep everyone safe during Halloween. Everyone thinks he's just a loser. So like the scene right in the beginning where he's riding the bike and he's getting everything thrown at him. And mm-hmm. then like, obviously you have like the Adam Sandler movie uh, where over-exaggeration of athletic ability, where he like stands <laughs> on the handlebars with his hands and like, they're throwing like fruits at him and like all these TVs. Yeah. TVs and stuff. So like every time, like after that, that he was on the bike, it was just hilarious to see like, he's like intensely trying to find like a killer and then he's getting like (laughs) shit thrown at him still. Yeah. And like, like, he's like in the middle of nowhere, like in the woods and shit's still being thrown at him. And yeah, it's it's like those bike riding scenes, like they were great in the beginning, like very funny. Then in the middle it was like, all right, like this is getting kind of old. But then, like, it kind of, like, he's not on a bike for a long time. And then it comes back near the end out of nowhere when he's just biking, like, trying to find these killers. And the, the TVs just start coming out of, at, everywhere. So I think that was just a great aspect of the movie and had some meaning at the end when he wasn't getting stuff thrown at him. So that was a nice little roundup to that. Right. And then um, I also wanted to talk about a cameo if we forgot about is Julie Bowen from Modern Family, who plays his girlfriend. And Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore. So it's like a whole happy Gilmore reunion for a lot of these characters. Um, and I thought like, obviously she was like, that was such a weird uh, romantic uh, mm-hmm. element they had to this story where she was just like obsessed with him, even though he was such a loser his entire life. I thought that was just like classic Adam Sandler type of plot, plot line to a story. Yeah, definitely um, classic Sandler. Yeah. Where it's like, everyone hates this guy this girl grew up like with this loser oh i loved you since the first grade and i love yeah. the second grade like it's just like classic sandler you but, he's uh, like my i love and why didn't you love me in the first grade oh like i loved our teacher and she's a 70 <laughs> yeah. year old <laughs> he was seven. <laughs> <That was funny. laughs> like um, those are the type of laughs that like like the nun scene like when he's like, I'm asexual, but I would love to like bang. Like, what you do? What was the line? You got to know the exact line. Ah, uh, man. Oh my god, I forget what it was. She sees her, and then the, the nun says like, I'm asexual, but something, right? I would like, I don't, I don't remember what man. it was, but like, gotta, I would like look it up right now. You got to find out that line because that was, I don't know, that was argue, that made you like out loud gasp, but also laugh at the same time. Um. Like I, it's like I'm a, I'm asexual, but I'd rail her or something. Yeah, it was, something it was like that. Something, it was something like unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I can't find it, but like, yeah, that's basically what it was. So th- those are like t- the type of laughs that you said. They were genuine laughs, and you haven't been getting that in a lot of Sandler m- Netflix movies. But this movie like hit with those, but it also missed with those. And there were a lot like the projectile vomit scene. Like that was just like, come on. Like there's a yeah. lot of scenes that were just like. Like, what are we doing here? Over-exaggeration. Yeah. And, like, the over-exaggeration, like, when the bike riding scenes, like, those are funny, but then they get old. And, this mo- and like, in other parts of this movie, that's what happened. Like, kind of the over-exaggeration happened a lot. But you got to take it for what it is. So it was very enjoyable to me. Dr. Rowe, what would you give Hubie Halloween as a score? Uh, I t- um, First of all, I'm taking it for what it was. I'm not really focusing too much on, like, character exploration, right? Right. Of course. Like obviously not like obviously not going too much into plot holes and everything like that, but I gave it a fifty-five. I thought it was enjoyable. I had a smile on my face when I was watching it. I thought it was a more enjoyable Adam Sandler comedy. It was more of a return to form from like his ninety nineties comedies, and I think it was just also uh, it was fun to watch, just flat out for the cameos. Like uh, what are the I keep bringing up the cameos? I thought they were so great. The the O'Doyle's O'Doyle rules as the kids riding on the bike, right? Is and but uh, Mm on. Then you had like the stupid tropes in every like Adam Sandler movie, and you had uh, like the uh, you also had um, what is it? The thermos, the thermos that did all yeah, this. Yeah, the thermos that, that was that was like that could like basically do anything. That was yeah, was a me. weapon. Yeah, like it just did everything, and just that was like kind of like a okay, we're back to like Netflix Sandler movies with yeah. that thermos thing. But uh, yeah, I gave it a fifty-five. Enjoyable, better than his usual, and uh, a good popcorn flick during Halloween time. Yeah, definitely. For me, I'm going to give it a 51. So 51, 
basically it was a borderline because it's got to take it for what it is, right? I said that last last episode with Project X, like you got to take this movie for what it is. I was gonna and, say it's the same thing, like comparison wise, like it's a popcorn. Take it for what it is, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, like I didn't love all the performances in this. Like I didn't really like Steve Buscemi in this or Ray Liotta at times for Ray Liotta. But overall, like I thought it was just a great movie just to watch, especially during Halloween time. But even not, it's just a funny movie. The ending was terrible, but and again, like that just that detracts it a lot for me. And also, the Adam Sandler voice was really pissing me off. I and really the beginning, it was hard to understand him a little bit, but yeah, then like, okay, it's we gotta get used to it. And like in every Adam Sandler comedy, when he's not a normal person, he always has like some sort of voice. He like just he's like, I need to do something else different just to show I could do a different voice. And he does crazy. that in every movie, but it's really not a different voice. It's really the same one he always uses. Like it was yeah. kind of like a water boy, if it like a Bobby Boucher's brother or something. Bobby Boucher, that's from Massachusetts or something, you know. Yeah. So like that really like drew it back for me as well. But the, but all in all, really liked it. I'm gonna give it a 51. Just getting over that 50 percent threshold. Okay. So we're both over 50 percent, which is a a, a, a win. Yeah, definitely a win, especially uh, for a comedy. Us as viewers and for Adam Sandler in a Netflix comedy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that does it for our review of. Hubie Halloween, Ricky Flex. I'm going to send it over to you for this week's top billing. Yes. Okay, Dr. O. Today's top billing is piggybacking after a cameo-filled Sandler sidekick jam-packed movie in Hubie Halloween. We're doing best Adam Sandler minor characters, just supporting characters in Adam Sandler movies. So this will be a draft style. So Dr. O and me will have Different top billings, different top fives. Comedies, right? This is Adam Sandler comedies. Yeah, comedies. And he's the main character. Yep. Okay. So we're going to go back and forth between me and you. And Dr. O has to, uh, Adam Sandler, not Dr. O, has to be the main character of the movie. So (laughs) I would love to be in a Adam Sandler movie, though. That would be great. Yeah. Just to be like a background character. I think I can have some type of uh, maybe a one liner, right? Coming back at one of the high school kids featured in the Adam Sandler movie. Like the Will Byers and Hubie Halloween or something? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't like him in this either. That was bad. <laughs> and uh, the Hubie Halloween, like you mentioned this during the movie, you wanted him to like grab the dodgeball and be like, <laughs> just like in <laughs> Billy Madison. Now, now you're all in big game. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and then in the, and at the end in the credits, they did show that. So that was cool. But uh, back to the top billing. I'm going to roll a die since I don't have a coin. I'm going to roll a die, Dr. O. You're going to guess odds or evens. Okay. okay. And if you guess right, you get the number one pick. If you don't, I get the number one pick. Okay. Right. Ready? Yep. Call it. Odds. It is odds. Okay. Dr. O, it was a three. I, I lost it. A three. Here you go. For yep. proof. You get the first overall pick. I'm not happy about it, but you have the honors. Peter McGavin, number one. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. McGavin, I think. It, it, I, there, there, I have like a list. My draft board, I think, is running ar- around 25 names. Yeah, it's, there's I, too I went, many. I went, I went 25 deep, but I thought right when I, we, we uh, talked about doing this top billing, I thought Shooter McGavin would be my first pick automatically. Christopher McDonald, uh, one of the great movie villains of a comedy, maybe the best movie, uh, movie villain for a comedy of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah, just he's I, in I, commercials for the new PGA Tour video right. game, and like, he's still involved with golf. Like, like it's just, I think he was just an automatic for myself. Yeah, yeah, as that was an easy number one for you. For me, this is wide open now. I think oh, yeah. once you get Shooter out of the way, I feel like you can go anywhere. And I'm gonna go a little off the beaten path. Okay, for the first pick, for my first pick, I'm gonna go Doctor Buddy, Jack Nicholson's character in Anger Management. Wow, he's on my list. I I think if you just go over your uh, your prospects, your your big board here, like just pound for pound, I think the best overall performance, not only in the comedic aspect but just in acting and the movie in general. He was so influential in that movie, and I think just what sums it up is the singing sing singing scene on the bridge where he's singing and joyful i feel pretty right and then he's this guy's like this guy the driver on the other car pulls up next to him and like starts shouting at him and jack is like shut up and drive (laughs) (laughs) so it's just uh, and like sandler's like not even the most eccentric in that movie it's probably nicholson's character that's like the craziest yeah he steals the show steals the show that's a good and then like the scene at the bar is like go hit on that girl and like pick her up 
and right. stuff like that. So oh, I thought it was great. My first overall pick would be Jack Nicholson, Dr. Buddy, Anger Management. All right, well, over to you. Uh, I'm going to stick with Happy Gilmore. I'm going with Hal. I got to go with Hal. Yeah, they, I knew you were going to do that in. if I didn't pick it. Yeah, 100%. Hubie Halloween. Actually, I had a, I was torn between two. I'm not going to re- reveal the other character, obviously, because uh, they might be on the board later. But um, I thought Hal was the funniest part of Happy Gilmore. Uh, personally uh like when you think of like him telling telling uh happy's like grandma to shish what's what's grandma's name i don't remember but uh, him putting his finger over his mouth telling her to shish uh what is it is it no no but then he's like he's giving her the slitting of the throat yeah and then uh i like and then the one-liners well your back's gonna hurt because you're on landscaping duty yeah like she's saying like her hands hope from her hands hurt from sewing and he goes like oh well, guess what? Now your back's going to hurt because you're pulling landscaping <laughs> duty. And like the delivery is just so funny. And our dad would say that line to us like nonstop growing up. Like if we nonstop. came from like chores on a Saturday, we would come in and we'd be complaining like we've been picking up sticks all day. Our back hurts from like, or whatever, our hands hurt from picking up all these logs. And then our dad would be like, basically say the same exact line. Yeah. <laughs> and he would laugh before he even said the line. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great pick. How like I I wanted to pick him, but I wanted to pick someone that like kind of stole the show from St- Sandler. Uh huh. And Jack Nooks just did that for me. But that's a great pick, especially with Hubie Halloween on the back piggybacking after Hubie Halloween. Great pick. My number two pick. This is a tough one, but I'm gonna go with Chubbs. Chubbs, just influential character in Happy Gilmore. There's a little trend here. Three out of the top four picks yeah. have been Happy Gilmore. So you see that trend, Happy Gilmore, arguably the funniest movie. Best comedy? Yeah. Best, best comedy from Sandler? Yeah, it could be the best comedy. We should it do it. We, should, we will do a top billing of Sandler comedies at some point. But Chubbs, just going back to him, just unexpected greatness from Chubbs in this movie. Carl Weathers kind of bringing him – this is post-football days for Carl Weathers, post-Rocky. Like, like, post-Rocky. Post like he came back with Happy Gilmore. And yeah, he, was he a really was a golfer. Just unbelievable. I know you could pick a million other people from Happy Gilmore because all the cameos in this, all the side characters are great. But Chubbs after Hal and Shooter, I think is just clear number three. So my number two, Chubbs. Okay. Uh, I'm going to divert from Happy Gilmore. It's a good, Chubbs is a good pick. Like he's a classic Adam Sandler character. And yeah. uh, arguably the first character you think of in Happy Gilmore other than Shooter and um happy but uh i'm going with mama from uh mm. uh water boy all right kathy uh, bates yeah she uh was super quotable um it's kathy bates is just such a like a wonderful actress like her and adam sandler movies just hilarious to think of um and it's just her talking about the devil right it's <laughs> it's, it's 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 a part of pop the pop culture lexicon so i'm going mama from the water boy Okay, but mama, mama says, mama says, mama says is the devil. Is the devil. Yeah, <laughs> just iconic. Uh, so mm-hmm. mama, I'm gonna go as my third pick. You know what we should have done? We should have done top billing like every pick. Like each of our picks has to be a different end of Sandler movie. Yeah. Okay. We could do that from now on. It's, At, yeah, like I, I got, I got a long list here. Yeah, yeah. But my number three, I'm picking this because I'm afraid it's gonna be gone by the next pick. It's gonna be. Dahlia, Emmanuel Shakiri from <laughs> You Don't Mess with the Zohan. Now, oh, you got to bring some diversity in your top billing for these Sandler sidekicks, Sandler cameos, uh-huh. uh, minor characters. And if you look down the list of all the Sandler movies and all the women, beautiful women that he has been the, 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 his love interest in all these movies, nothing tops Sloan from Entourage, Emmanuel Shakiri. Oh, yeah. And her influence on this movie does not matter. It's just, she is perfect. And I love her in this movie. Dahlia, you don't mess with the Zohan. Shout out Sloan. That's an interesting pick. She honestly was one of the best parts of that movie. Diversity right? in my top billing. What is that? Got to bring the diversity in my top billing. Oh, yeah. So, no, I don't hate that pick at all. Uh, you it might hurt you on the graphic when it says "Don't mess with the Zohan" next to her name, but uh, <laughs> but then you have also the bonus points for all the Entourage fans. Oh yeah, I should just say Sloan from Entourage. Not don't even say your name. I personally think I'm going to kick your ass in this bracket after this next pick. Okay, go ahead. Frankenstein. 
from Big Daddy. Not Julian, Frankenstein, right? That's who I'm taking. Uh, Big Daddy's like maybe the most heartfelt Adam Sandler movie and his dynamic with Julian, or should I say Frankenstein, is great. And him and watching Julian just pee on the wall after they go after they get denied from McDonald's and playing on the playscape, uh, him bonding with uh, his mother eventually, who is the Hooters waitress. I think Frankenstein, right? The, the, it's like the debut of the Sprouse brothers, right? I think I think there's only one of them. Yeah, up. yeah. This, this is, is uh, the uh, Cole. Cole. This is Cole. Cole. I don't remember what's Cole. But I, I, I like I. I my one of my favorite child actors that doesn't get talked about enough is Frankenstein from uh, Big Daddy. Yeah, I like how you specify Frankenstein. Good pick. I did not even have that on my big board, so I'm glad that you picked that and saved me this pick. I'm gonna pick Ula Rob Schneider from Fifty First ah. States. Like, how is he available at number eight overall? I don't know, but Ula just a great character is the classic Sandler character where there's no really storyline to him. He's just funny. And that's like Rob Schneider in every Adam Sandler movie, just that random guy. That's hilarious. And I don't want to say any more in case you might pick another Rob Schneider one, but just great character, just so quirky and weird, but perfect for a 51st dates vibe. And it was just perfect for this movie. Ula, my number four. Overall. You two go pick. together like lamb and tuna fish. <laughs> And the part where he gets hit in the nuts with his kids. Like, yeah, yeah. The kids are great in that movie. He's an all-time character for sure. I, I like that mm-hmm. pick a lot. He was definitely on my big board. I had him at number six on my list for sure. Um, I think my number five is just going to round out my absolute hammer of a list. Right? This my, my list is a problem after this last pick. I'm going with Amelia for Mr. Deeds. Right? That's a good pick. I'll put on your socks. On my big board. Yeah, so I, Emilio wasn't. Oh my god! Uh, no, he was. He was. Oh, he was. Oh, I thought he said it wasn't. But uh, he was. I probably like the uh, best side character in Mister Deeds, other than one an honorable mention. I'm going to. I'm going to say. But you don't mess with the Zohan, with John Turturro. Uh oh yeah, <laughs> yeah he's the villain. He's yeah, the he's the villain. villain. I, I haven't seen Zohan in so long. That movie's um, underrated. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. No, it's very funny. No, it is very funny. And uh, it gets a bad rap for sure, definitely. but I uh, definitely take. I'm taking uh, John Turturro in uh, uh, Mr. Deeds, mm-hmm. Emilio. But uh, he, he's had such an interesting career. When you look at John Turturro, like he's like, oh, oh, brother, where art thou? Big Lebowski. Then he has all these Sandler movies. Okay, then you're now you're gonna see him as Carmine Falcone in the Batman. Mm-hmm. Like it's just crazy. His like Transformers. His, yeah, it, it transforms. You see his like roller coaster of a career and how he just takes any role, but he also has a lot of talent. So he's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, one of those wild cards in Hollywood. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right. My last pick. So I have anger management movie. I have Happy Gilmore. You don't mess with the Zohan and 51st Dates for the Sandler movies. I'm going to go different again. I'm fighting between three people and I'm just going to go Billy Idol in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> Billy Idol. You punted. it. You punted it with the last pick. Of course, it's a great. It's a good pick. Super. Uh, I just, I just think Billy Idol just brought something different to that movie. That movie, like you think of Adam Sandler singing, you think, you don't. I, I think it's forgotten a lot. You think Guy George is in it, but Boy George. Sorry, I said Guy. Well, I know I the guy but, who like, pretends to be Boy George in it. I forgot yeah, that. right. But but uh, I just feel like Billy Idol just made this elevated this movie at the end with the mile high club comments and with the first class stories with Sandler. I just think that the, I think he kind of stole the show and kind of made this movie like into better to what it was because it's a good overall movie, but I like that not movie. like the other Sandler movies and Billy Idol just like came out of nowhere with that cameo though. That's a Sandler movie. So right. Billy Idol will be my last pick definitely off the beaten path as he's only in a very small amount of the movie unlike the other characters that we've chosen for this top billing. That's why I kind of like it. It's a little different. Again, diversify your top billing. Yes, we got, we got, I mean, I, so do I, I got Emilio. I have a kid and I have a woman. That's some diversity. I have a woman as well, but okay. I meant just like differentiate different types of movies, different types of characters. Mm -hmm. Love it. All right. Dr. O there's a long list. What are some like key people that we've missed or that were on that were high up on your big board that wasn't picked. I, I thought like it was really hard to leave this one off but veronica vaughn not yeah. being top five is like i picked not it. funny I, she's not mm-hmm. anything at table but she's so hot and such an icon from back in the day yeah i i just picked dahlia i had to pick sloan like yeah you're not 
then uh chris farley in billy madison the bus driver <laughs> um eating all the lunches <laughs> uh, <laughs> no yelling on the bus <laughs> um who I, uh, again happy gilmore entire- happy gilmore mr larson the caddy auto um Kevin Auto. Nealon, like just tap it in, just tap it in. The Zamboni driver, like, oh, with the, when he's uh, endless love, and he's yeah, like, endless oh, love, mouthing the he's like lip singing to it. Yeah, and then like the guy that's like, you will not make this putt, yeah, jackass. Yeah, the like, jackass guy, John McEnroe, and Mr. Deeds too. <laughs> oh, now that I, I think that's a big miss. I was, that's a I huge miss. I had on my short list, but totally he's, forgot about him. Twenty seconds of the movie, so it's tough. Zamboni um, Idol. I, who else did I have? Well, Sean, uh, Sean Astin and um, Sean Astin. I had. I, I, he he developed into a really funny character. <laughs> like after, um, like Drew Barrymore finds out of her like, not disease, but like her and like uh, her issue, he gets hilarious with the steroid yeah, comments him flexing, and him flexing the his uh, and his sh- see through shirt. Oh yeah, his mesh mesh. Yeah. Shirt. Um, wedding singer John Levitz. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's losing his mind, and I'm reaping all the benefits. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a great shout. I forgot uh, about him and Wedding Singer. That probably had, that would have been. Oh, we gotta think about the longest yard. Everybody. Yeah, like I. Yard. So I was fighting. So my last pick with Billy Idol. I was fighting with Quentin Tarantino and Little Nicky, and also uh, I was fighting with Chris Berman in Longest Yard. Chris Berman. This the wops and the wop wop. Chief in Longest Yard. Yeah, yeah. I had Brucey on my short list. Brucey should yeah. have the popcorn. <laughs> yeah, Rob Schneider again. Then, Party uh, in the showers. <laughs> no, water for Waterboy. Also in Waterboy. No, but Rob Schneider is also a prisoner in the crowd. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but also right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was thinking of. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My. Father. But yeah, like a farmer. I also had no. Care- he's the town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My caretaker in Longest Yard, and then I had uh, Michael Irvin, Terry Crews. I don't know what his name is, but the guy who says, I love little, little Michael. And the oh, Schwitzowitz or whatever? Schwitzowitz? Oh, yeah, something like that. He, like snaps his nose back in place. And, like, yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those, like, those movies are great. Uh, that movie's great with a lot of uh, side characters in that. But again, that's like, like people keep saying, like, Sandliverse, Sandliverse. It's because he has all these side characters that are so great. Let's and see I think. Movie. Yeah, you, you, I think it's a diverse movie where he plays all these roles and has these people like going in and out of the movie. That'd be electric. Yeah, that would be great. And I just think this top billing that we're doing right now just symbol signifies how great his side characters are and how much people adore them. Mm-hmm. So quotable and memorable. Right. Uh, I, this was a great idea for a top billing. It got really brought out our creative side. Billy Idol pick is like one I did not even consider. <laughs> Like that was that's like, why i saved it for last yeah no that was good and i like i was i really wanted to pick john McEnroe as my fifth pick but i had to go with uh amelia, amelia is a great pick i think i love my list want me to change your socks your, your top two shooter and how those that that's a powerful top two i think people will sleep on jack nicholson i think like okay, I, just, I thought mama from bobby Boot, from uh, Waterboy could be like a number two pick i thought she was a strong i just find so i think it was she's great I just didn't want her on my personal top billing. I just don't want her on it. I honestly just like kind of found her annoying at times. I just didn't want her on it. Uh-huh. But uh, the, the Amelia pick, that hurts me. I, th- I think I should have thought about that one more. Or Veronica Vaughn, like that, that would get you some points there. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think that wraps up this top billing. Uh, any last comments before we wrap up the Abby Dr. L? No, I think that does it, okay? So, uh, strong episode, Ricky Flex. We'll be back next week, all right? Hope you enjoyed episode nine of the Ride In Pod.